Alright y'all, we had a bit of an emergency, so we had to reconvene and hop on a plane and come back to the island. Girl, guys, gays, everybody. I brought a real special guest with me. She flew, flew first class with me today. Oof. Mm. She came back. The wonderful, the beautiful talented amazing rock on how can i stay away when you talk so sweet to me no i love you baby it's been a minute not too long but enough for things to happen mm -hmm. and a lot has happened a lot has happened well we had to get up out of there yeah yeah and reconvene and reconvene y'all this episode is so important it's very important so I want you to grab your drinks, because today, this one, it's named so specially by our special guest, because I love her, and I'm going to always give credit when credit is due. We are drinking a beautiful, misunderstood black woman. Yes. <laughs> Deserves all the representation. Hello. And the appreciation. Come on. Yes. And it tastes delicious. Oh. That's sour amaretto. Cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Mm. So good. So good. Now, Miss Rock, you especially wanted to do this episode. I, I mean, do. I always want you to do. I you can do all of them for my if I if <laughs> it was up to me, you'd be doing all of them. <laughs> but you wanted to do this episode. So I want you to tell the people why you want to do this episode so i flew first class yes, back to the island um, because i have an amazing opportunity for beautiful black women throughout the dfw because on march 12th i've been called to host an event and the event is called kept the intergenerational healing of black women through artistic and conscious expression mm -hmm. and i say that i was called to put this event together because it was divine inspiration it was recognizing that there has been a disconnect that we're all aware of. That's why we don't spend too much time at that auntie's house. That's why we don't go home and visit mama as often as she asks us to. Come on. That's why we don't agree with grandmama's views because we can't be our authentic self. And we need intergenerational healing in order to understand how to close these gaps. So this event that I'm so excited to bring to life is really an opportunity to call us in so we can process together. Let's, let's just go ahead and dive right in, because that's what we're here for, that's right? That's what we're here for. There's generational traumas that we are carrying and passing. Yes. Oh, it's time to set them down. They're heavy. They're heavy. Burden is real heavy. It's much. And a lot of times, we don't even realize that we're carrying them. That's, that's what's crazy. Because what I've started to realize is we walk through life saying, oh, I'm not going to be like my mom. Mm-hmm. Turn out just like them. Everything. You're acting out of a place of trauma. You're acting out of a place of distrust, out of lack. And that's not to attack anybody, but that's real. That's real. And the first step is acknowledging that. Hello. Because it's generational trauma. That's we crazy. each pick up our own level of trauma as we navigate life, and that's natural. The generational trauma is actually, unfortunately, so common, though, that we don't recognize that these aren't our traits. 
These aren't our fears. These aren't our anxieties. These are things that were passed down to us and from a different time. What we even talked about the last time I was on here is that we're some of the first generations, especially of black people, to be able to self-actualize and to thrive instead of just try to survive. And so we have the pain bodies. We have the ache of people who had to survive, and a lot of them didn't. And so we can only imagine how that would impact us epigenetically. Ooh, come on now. Because I think it's crazy because a lot of people really don't understand what they're carrying. Yes. Because... You think that you're so healed and you think that you're being exactly opposite from your mother when in fact you're acting just like her. Your just, interpretation. Mm-hmm. You're just doing it in your own little way. Your own way in this 2022 way of doing it. And she was doing it in her way in 1984 and oh. her mama was doing it her way and whenever that was. And recognizing that there is the PTSD there's the post-traumatic slave syndrome. There is the trauma of pregnancy trauma that black women go through. Even in Dallas and Fort Worth, black women die at extraordinary rates because of pregnancy issues in hospitals. Right. There is not the opportunity for people to talk about that, though, to right. talk about all the miscarriages and to talk about the shame and to talk about the guilt. And so they keep all that in because you're taught at home, especially as black people, keep that at home. What happens in my house? What? Stays in my house. Come on. Don't air our dirty laundry out there. It's nobody's business. And so you are stuck suffocating under other people's shit. But wait, it's not nobody else's business, but it's the auntie's business when you want to get on the phone. Oh, yeah. You tell everybody. business when you want to call her. Oh, yeah. It's uncle's business. It's the family reunion's business when you're putting it out there and y'all kikiing about my pain. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and they're constantly trying to tell our stories for us based off of how they felt about our story. Hello. And we also, realistically, are now calling them canceled or toxic and now completely banishing our families because in this generation, it's like, oh, I'll make my own family. Hello. But if you're not acknowledging the epigenetics that are in you, you can have your chosen family all you want. You're still suffering because of what your blood family has gone through. Say it again. Y'all. <laughs> Y'all see why this was an emergency? Emergency. Call them all in. Call all the black women. Hello. Because just because Black History Month is over does not mean our history is over. You're around. Girl, they're not understanding. They're not. And and I think the thing that I even recognize is I've invited my own family to this and they have not been excited or enthusiastic. Of course not. Of course not. And I want people to understand it's not like, oh, Ra is calling us in and she's not walking the talk. I am. I'm walking it and I'm feeling the discomfort and I'm feeling the hurt feelings. I'm feeling the anxiety over, I hope my auntie doesn't embarrass me. I'm feeling all the things. But I also recognize they don't know either. And if they don't know and I don't know, how could we not figure it out together? We need each other. Because if you don't, you always will be acting from that place mm-hmm. of hurt, yes. trauma, lack, untrustworthiness, mm-hmm. whatever it is that you picked up yes. that you didn't know you picked up mm-hmm. because you promised yourself that you wouldn't pick it up. Yes. You didn't know that it attached itself to you. Yes. Unknowingly, now you're acting out of it because mm. it's been in you this whole time. Mm-hmm. So when you do certain things and you act certain ways, you're acting just like that. Yeah. And not all of our mama wounds come from mamas who were neglectful or grandmamas or black women who weren't present 
some of our wounds come from black women who were very present. Extremely. But who also never showed you that it was okay to show feelings. Come on. They were so strong. They were so indestructible that you grew up feeling like I'm weak because I am terrified or anxious or feeling depressed. And my mama didn't show those traits, so I shouldn't show those either. Come but on. she had them. She just didn't talk to you about them. Of course Because she didn't feel like it was your burden, but you still ended up picking it up by accident. Come on now. And that's why this event is not just for those who are angry with their mothers or those who don't have connections with their families. It's for people who have great connections with their families. We want you to invite your family. We do. We do. We want you to invite your family and your friends and your coworkers. If you, if you are someone who identifies as a black woman, I'm talking if you identify as cis, trans, if you identify as a black woman, this event is for you. For you. And it's for ages 12 and up. And I want to be very clear about this. Intergenerational healing, it involves the generations. Correct. I don't want to just be sitting with the 20 and 30 year olds yes. because we're just going to keep agreeing with each other. Right. They're toxic, right? Generation Z is wild, right? Right. We cancel them. I cancel walked away them. from my mama. I walked away from my mama. I got my chosen family now. That's excellent. But have you ever asked Generation Z how they're processing? Right. Have you asked your mama how she got through her insecurities and found that second or third husband? Have you had these conversations? Because you are likely going to repeat a lot of patterns if you don't understand why they made those choices themselves. Like you said, like, if we don't look back at that generation and was like, hey, what was going on? Mm -hmm. Why did this happen? Mm -hmm. Why did we feel this way? Why did you ever... Like, why didn't you ever, like, because I'm not saying, because I know a lot of black women are going to hear this, I'm not going to talk to my child about blah, 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 blah. Mm. I'm not saying disclose all your business. Mm -hmm. As a mother, I know there is a face that you have to put on sometimes and keep it strong. Of course. But there's also a flip side to that coin. Mm. A very toxic, negative side to that coin. I'm not calling you toxic. Mm. I'm saying the traits that you are picking up and displaying are toxic. And the scariest thing is to teach children that it's not okay to feel their feelings. Come on. Because they're still going to feel them and they're going to push them out. And that's why we have a lot of black women who are hypervigilant, meaning they're very consciously always aware of is there danger, what's going on, they're quick to pop off, and we get the stereotypical, oh, that's an angry Angry black black woman. woman. It's like, no, that's a misunderstood black woman. Come on. And the misunderstanding might not just be coming externally, it might be coming from internally. Hello. She misunderstands herself. She doesn't know how to process her feelings, so now she's projecting them at other people, and then when they act shady towards her, she thinks that the world's against her. Correct. But that's because she hasn't had community to validate her experiences, and that's what we're trying to do. And I'm going to tell y'all something, because I definitely, personally, can relate to that, because I picked up a lot of those traits as a gay black man mm-hmm. i picked up though i picked up on those when i thought the world was against me oh i don't mess with nobody i, I ain't got friends yeah. I, da, 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 da. they don't mess with me my whole life and this is no like dig at my mom but i watched her her best friends was her mother her sister her cousin and one other friend so mostly that family was outside of our family she had one friend Outside of our family. Other than that, she talked to a pretty routine standard group of women. And out of three of three of them were my family. Blood. Yeah. There was one that was not. And in that, I would walk around being that person. I only wanted like four friends in my life. I only wanted to keep a small circle because that's cuter. And I rocks with who I rocks with. Because I've seen examples of this. 
Right. But I'm forgetting I'm a whole different human than a motherfucker. I'm a people person. I love people. So you're I, cutting off parts of you because of what you saw. Because I thought it was better to get one little group and stick in that one little group, no matter what, mm-hmm. versus finding an eclectic, beautiful group of people and bonding and growing with them. I was carrying that same thing, and I still carry it sometimes. I still find myself carrying it sometimes. I'll get in these moods where people will act out of the script. Come on. Oh, call out back. of the script. Come on. <laughs> They'll act out of my script. And immediately, I was like, this is why I don't have a lot of friends. You mm-hmm. know what? People are shady, blah, 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 blah. Yes. Let me tell you why. They had a day mm-hmm. where they couldn't show up for me. They needed to show up for themselves. I got to be okay with that. And hopefully, they did show up for themselves. I hope they did. They were probably just having a day. But that's the thing. When you have friends and family who you can call in, then when they are having those days, it's like, okay, maybe you can't be here for me, but I hope you're there for you. Maybe. Check back in when you can be here for me too, though, because I, I do need you. I want you, all right? I love you. I love you. I want you to know I love you. Yeah, but take care of what you need to, but then bring me back into the loop because we are a community. Correct. And, and I, I just want to know you're okay. I want to know you're okay, and I want to know we're okay. And I think there are so many of us that grow up hungry for community because no one really made us feel like we were okay within our family. Right, so we find those one or two people who do make us feel loved and welcome, and we cling on to them for dear life. Yes. And we make them our happy place. You already know where that's going to go. You do. You do. Put your happiness in a changeable situation, place, thing. The moment that situation, place, or thing changes, so does your happiness. Yeah. It leaves. Yeah. It walks right out the door because that changed. And I realized that last year. I put all my happiness into one person. They end up walking away, not because of anything bad, but because that's what was best for them at the time. But when they left, so did my happiness. And I realized at that point, my happiness will no longer revolve around a changeable thing. It will come from me. I realize I'm a loving person. I'm a person. Yes. I love to love people. Why have I been denying myself that? I didn't start a nonprofit because I didn't like people. Exactly. <laughs> to serve people, to not like them. To li- like, I don't mess with y'all. And it's crazy because if you go on my Instagram, my bio, it says the unsocial social. I'm not the unsocial social worker. I'm very social. I'm a very social social worker. Why do you think it says the unsocial? Is it because of the influence of your mom? Come on. Because I was trained to have this feeling that I shouldn't like people. Don't be too friendly. Oh, he friendly. Don't be too friendly. Oh, he friendly. Y- y'all know I don't mess with people. No new friends. My circle is closed. So all the toxicity in your circle is safe in there. <laughs> so you're just going to drown, suffocate in your circle because it's closed. And you can't bring in new people who might say, hey, have you considered doing it a different way? Because they don't like people to challenge cognitive dissonance. Yes, and that's why we don't enjoy talking to our families. No. Because they don't enjoy when people challenge them. And a lot of us in this generation who will be receptive to this conversation will say, well, I don't want to talk to them because they're not receptive. But can we start to understand why they're not? Love. That's the thing. I think it's 
leading with empathy. We all get real egotistical about, well, what you did to me has impacted me this way. So I'm going to cut ties and make my own chosen family so that I feel safe. And some of us really were not safe at home. Some of us actively, our lives were threatened. Our mental, emotional, physical, like well-being did not exist there. So the chosen family was necessary. Correct. So disclaimer, we're telling you we're not making you feel like you did something wrong. Not at all. You chose the right thing for you. Yes. But those who still have active family in their lives, you know they love you. You know they're going to show up no matter what. Take some and them. Yeah. Understand them the way you want to be understood. Yeah. And to actively engage with them and ask them questions instead of assuming you know why they did what they did. Correct. Because you might not even know why you do what you do. Correct. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to unpack. And that's why it's worth just starting the conversation. And that's what I keep telling people. I'm not trying to completely change everything in this in one a day. event. Yeah. <laughs> this is one event. This is one event. And I'll, I'll kind of explain because people are like, okay, so let's say I come. Let's say. Because people are real hesitant. Like, whoa. whoa. What are you going to, am I going to leave crying? And I'm like, I hope so. I pray I so. I pray that you leave having cried at least once from this event. But people really are reserved, especially black women. We're taught not to feel those feelings. We don't have time for that. We got to get our coin. We got to take care of the family. We got to provide for ourselves. And a lot of black women have had to become very, very masculine in energy because of not feeling safe with men. So now we don't even know how to be soft with each other. Acting from a place of lack. Acting from a place of lack. And so we're manhandling each other and losing the sensuality and the sweetness and the intimacy that is what makes women so soft. Correct. And that's what is the beauty of being able to be soft and strong. And I think we've relied so much on being strong lately that we forget it's okay to be soft and that that is a privilege we get. We need to take advantage of it. We out here acting like if we cry, we look like some embarrassing person. And stereotypically, we're the ones who are expected to cry. And we're just trying to break stereotypes. But if you aren't encouraging the release, and we need to encourage the release within men too. Hello. But we have to start with ourselves and then lead by example. And see, what's crazy is because anybody who knows me, they know. If I'm talking, I'm like, y'all, I'm going to cry. One thing Ramiz going to do is cry. Right. Ramiz is going to cry. And you can say what you want, but let me just set this scenario up for you. There's me. There's one of my best friends. And I'm not going to call her out because when she listens to this, she don't know exactly. She'll know. <laughs> she does not show emotion whatsoever. She doesn't like physical touch. She doesn't like emotion. And I'm always crying. And she's like, ooh, friend, you're doing a lot. Doing a lot. But get this. The moment. I'm all good because I've, I've cried my tears. Yeah. I've helped. I handle mine. Yeah. I process my emotion because I let them come in. Yeah. I actually felt them. Yes. Right? When they were there, I felt them and I released them. Yeah. Versus you bottled yours up because you don't cry, right? Yeah. And then I'm calling you for three, four, five days straight. You ain't answering. I'm getting a little worried now. Yeah. I'm like, oh, sis. Finally, I answer. I FaceTime you. You're showing me the feeling. I hear your voice. Hello. Girl, you good? I'm surviving. Friend, I broke down in McDonald's parking lot. Yes, yes. because all that emotion yes. that you decided not to handle and not to deal with, oh, it's going to come deal with you. It will. Yeah. Baby's going to tap you on your shoulder so politely. Hey, sis, you yeah. remember me? I'm here. Let's deal with me right now. I still have needs. <laughs> 
and you're in the middle of McDonald's, and, and she came up so politely and tapped you on your shoulder and said, hey. And that's what people don't realize. Deal with the emotions, or they're going to come deal with you. They really will. And it also is to validate our experience that if we weren't taught that emotions won't just go away. Correct. No. We logically think, well, maybe if I don't feel it, if I distract, if I avoid it, if I smoke a little bit, or if I have a glass of wine, or if I call up my little cuddy buddy, then I'll be okay. But no, it's still in there. Come on now. It's as if you ate something and you think you're not going to have to digest it. Just because you're like, oh, well, no, no, I'm good. No, it's digesting, and it's going to come out at some point. It It's going to come out. If it goes in, it has to come out. It has to come out. So what are you going to do to help yourself process what is already in you? Because it's already in there. It's already in there. It has to come out. It will. It will come out. No matter where you go, you can move. You can change your whole circle of friends. You can change job paths. You can go to different school. It does not matter. What is inside of you will remain inside of you until it decides to come out. And you don't know when it's going to come out. Yes. It can come out in that McDonald's parking lot. It can come out your job. It can come in the middle of the night when you wake up having panic attacks. You don't know why. Mm -hmm. You know how many calls I get being like, I wake up in the middle of the night having panic attacks. That's because you're still dealing with unprocessed trauma. Yeah, you're constipated. You're You're constipated with trauma. Mm -hmm. Blockages. Mad at everybody else because you're backed up. But you need to be able to process the fact that I, whether it's my fault or not that I have this trauma, it is my responsibility to do something about it. I'm going to say it one more time. Whether it's my fault or not that I have this trauma, it is always my responsibility to do something about it. I'm the only one who can do it. Baby. And we ain't going to act like it's not healing. Let's say that you come to this event and you bring your mama and y'all ain't necessarily been seeing eye to eye. And she might decide to say, you know, I was kind of messed up what I did. And they might not say I'm sorry because black mamas don't often say that. But it was kind of messed up what I did. That's still not going to change that you need to do the work. It's nice. It feels good. But you still have things that you have to unpack yourself. Correct. That is just, we just opened the door. And we didn't even open it fully. We cracked it. We cracked it. In order for that full breeze to be let in, mm-hmm. you have to air it out. Yes. You have to air it out. And like, maybe that healing process will start. But don't come in this event thinking you will all of a sudden be healed in one event. Yeah. And even a couple years, you'll never be healed. Because there will always be a situation. I won't say always, but there will a lot Often. of times be a situation that pops back up in your life that touches that old trauma. Yes. That same trauma you thought you was done with. That same trauma that you were like, oh, I ain't dealt with that in forever. And somebody says one thing, ignorantly. They didn't even know. And it tapped that trigger, that trauma on the head. Mm -hmm. And it popped up so ugly. Yeah. And if you can acknowledge that some of that trauma, especially the generational trauma, is epigenetic. Meaning that it's a part of your DNA. And epigenetics does not change the sequence of your DNA. It changes the structure. It's kind of the signal of what turns on and turns off. Right. So in a couple of years, when you go through this experience, and you're like, I thought I healed that. This has been in you genetically through the mitochondria of your mama, through her grandmama, through her great, 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 great grandmama. Come on. And so you need to have the tools to be able to process it when it does come up. It doesn't mean that it's your fault that it comes up. It doesn't mean that you are taking a step back, that you are feeling those feelings that you thought you were done with. 
Oh. It just means that you need to process it and have the tools to do so and to know that there's nothing wrong with you that you feel that way. They come to you and they go, you know, well, this and this and this happened to me. It was, I get that's not your fault. What happened to you was not your fault. But it is your responsibility to move on from that. And you can't keep holding on to that. Yeah. That can't be your crutch. That can't be your excuse. That can't be your go-to. Because another thing, some people don't know who, who they are without their trauma. Yes. They've lived Say with that. them for so long. Mm-hmm. And you've dealt with them. And you just put on this whole body of armor. You've lathered yourself. That's your lotion. Mm-hmm. That's your body oil. That's your moisturizer. That's your hydration. You know? That is your whole skincare routine, mm-hmm. baby. Trauma. So asking you to heal and start the healing process and acting outside of that, you don't know how. No. And it's scary because it feels like your whole world is falling away from you. But the your whole world thing was you've toxic. Known. Your whole world was toxic, or at least parts of it were. And if you're willing to see that, then yes, it is going to be scary. Terrifying. We're not going to bull, you know, like BS you. It's going to be terrifying. But you might find more of yourself and more of your lineage, more of your family on the other side of it. Because it was last year. Me and my mom made a breakthrough. And it was during a time that I was going through one of the worst times of my life. I was already... This person who I put everything into, they had left already. And I was still trying to process them being gone. And I was also trying to process them being gone, but still having communication with them. So that was already like a toxic, not even toxic, but a very like weird place I was in. And me and my mom, we got to this crossroads, a very huge crossroads. And I needed to go straight. She also needed to go straight, but we were at an intersection, and I was like, I'm not going left. I don't care what you say, I'm not going left. I have to choose this. I have to get you to look down this road and understand why I'm walking down this road. And respectfully, for the first time, she did. What did that do for you? Oh, it opened so many doors. It allowed me to start feeling like I could be honest with her from that moment forward. When something was going on, when something was happening, or if I felt some type of way about a situation, I can be go and be honest with you. And I can tell you, this is how it needs to be. It's another thing that black mothers a lot of times do. We can be fully grown, right? Yeah. Living in our own house. <laughs> they are going to come in and try to tell you how to run your household. Mm-hmm. But growing up, what was it? It's my house. I pay the bills. I pay the bills. You do what I say in my house. But then they walk in our house and say, you're going to respect me. Mm-hmm. Whoa, pause. What happened to I pay the bills? What bills you pay here, mama? Baby. Because please, if you want to take a couple, we can go back to that. I'll listen now. I'll listen. Oh, I'll, I'll oblige. <laughs> my goodness. But even realizing that the reason why they had to use so much of their power and throw it around is because of how powerless they grew up feeling. Hello. So if you grew up feeling powerless, then when you do have a little bit of power, Baby. you're going to throw it around, throw your weight around. And even once that person is grown, you still need them to know, I matter, my voice matters, see, I matter. 
So if we can start to see our mamas and our grandmamas and our aunties as the little girls that did not get the validation, that voices were silenced, that bodies were abused, eight out of ten women are suffering. Eight out of ten black women are suffering from generational trauma. Come on now. Eight out of ten. Actually, eight out of ten black women are suffering from trauma. Part of that trauma is intergenerational. And so recognizing that you are just repeating a pattern of people whose voices weren't heard. And you finally are at a stage in life in 2022 where your voice is heard. You've got all these social media platforms. If somebody treats you any kind of way, you can go and get support. You can get help. And point two. And point two. And you are the 2.0 of your lineage right now. Come on. So could you not use some of that privilege to help go back and help those people who did not have it? And they end up getting interviewed for the job. And they become that person. They become such a power-hungry boss. I had to fight for where I am. I am the only black woman in mm-hmm. my position. So I'm going to show y'all that I can do blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. But the way you're going about it is wrong. Because mm-hmm. what are they? Mm-hmm. You know that? Yeah. What are they looking at you saying? Angry black woman. We knew she was going to be an angry black woman when she got this position. And you almost, you almost strive for that because at least the fear makes you feel powerful. Come on now. And not threatened. At least when you're threatening, you don't feel threatened. Come and on. And so we have black women who are making people feel threatened. And some of us are making people feel threatened and we're not even doing anything. We're just taking up space naturally. And so that's their problem. That's on then. them. That's on them at that point. But others of us are not feeling full ourselves. And because we feel so empty, we're trying to take and project onto other people what we want them to see about us. Come on. And some things that we don't want them to see about us. Some things that aren't true. Like, we are very strong, but we are not indestructible. Come on. This whole black woman is, you know, a superhero. We are, but we aren't. We are dual. We are strong and we are soft. We are indestructible and we are fragile. Come on. And we need both of those to be heard and recognized in order for us to be able to build a community that we actually want to be a part of. (laughs) And that's so crazy that you said that because I had very, very amazing boss twice. And everybody was always like, oh, she be trying to do too much. She thinks she's blah, 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 blah. No, she's not threatening. You're threatening. You're threatening. Mm-hmm. She's not intimidating. You're intimidated. Yeah, come on. And I'm like, no. I know what it looks like when a black woman gets power. Is you got to kill her. <laughs> yes. I, you, y'all ain't tasted mm-hmm. what she's doing. She's trying to help us. That's leadership. She got our back. Mm-hmm. But she won't expect you to pull your own weight. And you don't like that. You've been used to, you was used to Mike over there. And Mike lets you slack off. Mike lets you come in and she holds you accountable. Yeah. And she's going to come to you. Hey, baby, you know, I love you, but you can't, you can't, you can't be doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a mentor right now. You know, I work at Delta part-time. I'm going to have a mentor right now. She's amazing. Black woman. She's older. Pulled me aside today. Because I'm, Mises left. When Mises was there, I was, I was about to go. That bomb was this close to exploding. She said, baby, put yourself in uh, training and come talk to me. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. So I was about to do the training. We went outside. She's like, what's going on? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I just 
just like, and yes. she's like, look at me. I'm here with you. Yes. And she just tossed me completely off a ledge. Mm-hmm. She's like, because what you said is just how I got you. Yes. And her coming into my life was a good thing. Yes. Because if I don't get nothing else out of this job, I met her. Yes. And I met some other really amazing people up there. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my flight crew. If y'all listening, what I up? love y'all. But I met some really amazing people. And in that, I don't know, like, I know God puts me places. Yes, intentional. Intentional. But I'm saying all that to say, I, I know the difference mm-hmm. between a black woman acting out of that trauma and a black woman who has understood that trauma, but she just wants the best for everybody. Yeah, she's elevated herself out of that. That's not where she's she leads She stood from. in her own truth. Because it's terrifying. We don't like that mirror being held up to us. No. That mirror was held up to me last August. Terrifying. I took a bat out of my ass. <laughs> I don't want to see that. Baby, I, I'm going to keep it real. Get that out of here. Out of nope. No, thank you. But it caused my happiness to walk away from me. So. And a new mirror always comes back. But what was so beautiful was my happiness who walked out is the one who brought back the new mirror. So it's this really weird dynamic because the same person who I was like causing so much hurt and pain and blah, 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 which they didn't, I can't say that, is the same person who helped put me back together, mm-hmm. who I was able to stand and be who I am today. And I'm thankful for that situation. Because that mirror, that self-awareness that we talked about, that's, dang, I'm acting, you acting just like your daddy. You're acting just like your mama. Oh, child, you, you look just like your mama. Look, that's little such and such over there. Like look she how you the holding same your attitude. face. Yeah, look how you holding your face. Look at you. She looks just like her mama, y'all. Good attitude. Yeah, some of us get so triggered by that. You don't want to hear it. Why? Because... You know the image you see when they say that. But you don't know the whole picture of that person. Baby. You've only seen the wounds of that person. You haven't seen what they could be, what your mother could be if you had a mom who just seemed like she shut down all of your authentic self. It's probably because she didn't get to see her authentic self. Hello. And I ain't saying that everybody out here is just, you know, struggling and sweet or, you know, or, or, or struggling, struggling. You right? know, either way, there's a spectrum of us out Correct. here. Correct. But you probably, unless you've engaged in genuine conversations, more more than likely in adulthood, because you know, mamas ain't trying to say certain things to their children. Correct. And it's not appropriate. Don't say right. don't put that on your children. That ain't right. their business. Correct. Some of us have mama wounds because our mama treated us like our friend or her friend Too the much. whole time. So we need those boundaries, but that's also another thing in black culture. Don't have boundaries. Yeah. Don't say like, okay, mama, I can talk to you about this, but I'm not gonna go there with you. Don't right. say that. Don't say that because that's disrespectful. So if we can help them realize, I don't think you ever really got to fully create yourself. Correct. So that contributed to you not letting me create myself. Mm-hmm. I've actually gone back. I've taken that back. I've created me. I'm working on it now. Correct. I'd like to introduce you to them, but I need to know that you respect the boundaries when I introduce this new part of me to you. And it's like little things because, you know, you ever went to that friend's house and they talk back to their mama? And if for y'all don't know what I'm doing, I'm tapping on a certain part of my hand to showcase whether they were the dark side of my hand or the light side of my hand. 
But you ever went to that friend's house and they talked back to their mama? You were like, what? What's going to happen now? And then Maybe. nothing happened. Nothing happened. Or they yeah. shut the door and their mom knocks on it. You're like, your mom knocks on your door? My mom take the hinges off my arm. Yeah. Because it's her house. Yeah. And there ain't no locked doors in her house. I should be able to walk in here whenever I want. Yeah. What you doing up in here that I can't know about? I'm growing up as a teenager. In a no. very awkward stage, if you know what I'm saying. Don't care, need to know. Baby. What? And it's little things like that that I'm not saying you can't have access to your kids. But the taking the doors off the hinges, the I go to my kids' house all the time. I'm going to know every little thing they talk about. They're being a teenager. They're saying dumb things. It is your job, it is your responsibility to know that you raised them right. Because one thing Mama May had to worry about was me. I did some dumb stuff. I did. But there was one thing she knew. I was always coming home at a certain time because she just don't do that. Mm-hmm. And I was going to, because I talked with my mom, and that's a privilege that I recognize I have that a lot of people don't. Correct. My mom was great at telling me when she didn't know something. I'd right. ask her something, I don't know. Or uh-huh. she apologized. She'd tell me, like, that was my fault. That was my fault. I know so many black people who have never heard their parents say, I love you. I'm sorry. That was my fault. I don't know. These are things that help us mold into people who can admit when we have made a mistake. Right. Why can't we do that? It's a natural human thing. And so recognizing that if you have a parent who can talk to you, it's going to change how you talk to other people. Correct. Because now you have a foundation of, well, there's an opportunity that we could get some understanding. Because I saw that happen in my past, so I believe Uh it can happen in my future. But if in the past I never was able to be understood, I was never able to be accepted, then I'm going to assume that that can't happen in my future either. And that's not true. Come on. Unless you decide it's so. And if you decide it, then you damn right. Damn right. Because as Tyler said last episode, whether you pick where you think you can or can't, you're right. Come on now, because that's the thing is people don't realize is like we can and we can't. It's all about what you believe. And I just Y'all y'all see why this is an emergency? Because like I said, even though Black History Month is over, our history is coming. Year round. Year round. And so for those who are even considering going to Kelly, just so that you have some peace of mind, because I understand the anxiety of, okay, you say, come to this event. You say, I'll feel feelings. I'll cry and all that. Let me kind of lay out what this event is. Come on. So this event is appropriate for ages 12 and up, intergenerational healing. It will involve us starting off with performances by poets and dancers and singers from each generation. So we have a teenage poet and a teenage dancer who are going to perform together. The poet saying the words that we all have been scared to hear teenagers say. Mm -hmm. The dancer bringing them to life. And the musician in the background, all black women, Mm. performing to bring this to life. Then you have the 20-year-olds come in. Dancing, poetry, music. You have your 30s. I will be actually representing for the 30s. Come on! Me and my sister-in-law, I'll be doing the poetry. She'll be doing the dancing. Yes, um, And having a musician play behind that. So it's a whole creative, artistic expression of the storytelling of black women through multiple generations. And our seasoned poet, Chantal, 
61 beautiful years old, is going to come in and all our dancers are going to do a piece to represent her life experience. So our first hour is giving the audience a chance to process their experiences through storytelling, through artwork, so that when we go to our second hour, which is our conversation piece, you've had a chance to kind of process your experiences already. We'll have designated prompts and questions on the agenda already. So you'll have a chance to relieve your anxiety because you'll know what you'll be talking about when we get to that second hour. Correct. We'll start off in a 30-minute generational breakout group where you and the people who are your peers, if you're 30, you'll be with the 30-year-olds. If you're 60, you're with the 60-year-olds, are talking about what were those performances like for you? What came to mind? What came to the surface? Correct. And after that 30 minutes, because it's important to get validation from your group first, then we're going to mix you intergenerationally. You're going to be sitting with other generations and processing, what do you think my generation has impacted most about your generation? What scares you about what you see us doing right now? And then after that, we're going to process as a full group, hearing out from everybody's different experiences in their different breakout groups. And last, in that last hour, because it's a three-hour event, you will be fed, by the way. We have enlightened vegan delights coming from Shayway Healing. Yeah. In that last hour, we're going to do a beautiful processing and then a green photo shoot. Green Ooh. because that is the theme color of the event, but we are also going to be posing with our family members, with our friends, and with other women in our community who are there to show the different theatrical ways we have connected and disconnected in our lives. So come photo shoot ready. Yes. We will have a photographer. We do have a videographer. Come and on. we are going to be highlighting your melanated beauty. So you will also have access to these pictures. So if you are interested in being able to say you were there, that you heard the words, that you felt the music, that you had the conversation, you don't want to miss it. Y'all, this is so important. I really, really want all of our listeners, you know somebody, you are that somebody who is a black woman, you identify as a black woman, show up. We will have all the information for this link in our Instagram, tag to this, everything. We're going to make sure it's everywhere. But, y'all, this is so important. Time. It's time. It's time for us to step out of our hurt and step into our healing, step into our essence, step into who we are, not acting from these places, but knowing who we are. Yeah. Y'all, this is it. This is what we need. This is so important. Call your sister. Call your homegirl. Tell them. Don't do a brunch. Just to go to a good event. Yeah. Because the thing about it is we tired of seeing these normalized, blah, 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 blah. Normalized. As we said in the last episode, the only way to normalize is to do it. Hmm. You want that healing? You have to go get that healing. And as we said last time, healing is messy as hell. It is. It's not pretty. It's not always going to look like glitters and rainbows. You ain't going to want to put it on Instagram. You're not going to want to put it on Instagram. I am currently in my healing. And some days I look like I'm thriving. And other days I am barely surviving. I'm disheveled. (laughs) I am barely getting. This morning I was barely getting up. Y'all. Come on now. We got to do better. We have to do better. We're worthy of better. We are worthy of so much more. We are a community. We love each other. And I want to let y'all know, I love y'all. I told y'all earlier, I'm full of love. I'm full of love. 
I'm at a point in my life where I'm ready to give it. Yes, I'm tired of sitting on these rails. I'm tired. And I'm I'm ready to acknowledge so many things. Like, there are people in my past that, <laughs> weirdly, I just reach back out to. And a lot of people, if I told, they'd be like, man, it you, blah, blah, blah. I want to thank them. Yes, talk about it. I want to thank them for the time that they had in my life and what they did give to me and what they showed me. I'm taking a moment of appreciation. I'm managing my expectations so I don't get hurt as much. The thing about it is we end up hurting our own feelings a lot of times. We do. We set such high expectations for people because if you don't act in these terms and conditions, even though I say it's unconditional love, but you click that little terms and conditions box the other day, you know, and I read the fine print and I saw where you messed up. So I no longer love you. I'm done acting like that. I'm loving unconditionally. And I want you guys, y'all, it took me a while to get in 26 years, almost 27 years, and I'm still going through it. Every day is not easy. There's some days I'd be like, I'll cut all y'all off. I don't yeah. want none of y'all in my life. But then I realize y'all my tribe. Like I said, Shout out to my person who decided to hold a mirror up to me last year. I love you so much. You know exactly who you are. I'm not even going to disclose that information for the world to know. You know who you are. You know I love you. You know I got you forever. Thank you so much. Shout out to you, y'all. Elegance, your knowledge, your wisdom, and your grace. You show us so many things. And I'm going to be real real with you. Your episode so far is the most the people love the most. <laughs> people are like, who was she? She came for me and I didn't like it. All of y'all. Like you ain't like it, but you loved it. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. They was like, I don't like how she came for me, but I loved every second of it. What you have her back. <laughs> I was like, sweet. We thank you. I appreciate it. And so give the people the dates again just so they didn't hear. It's March 12th. 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. in Dallas, Texas. Tickets are on sale right now. They are on Eventbrite, but if you follow me at Rahkalon, R-A-H-K-A-L-O-N, you will find the link to the Eventbrite in my bio. And you will also find it on our link tree in our bio. You click, and you and you don't even have to scroll. I'm going to put it at the top for you. Right under our website, it will be right there. Click it, and it will be right above this podcast link. It'll be right there. Click it. Get your ticket. Show up. Call a friend. Call a homegirl. Call whoever you need. Call your mama. Call your auntie. Call whoever. And do this for you. For you. And for your future children, too. For you and for your future. Because this is more than just saying, oh, I'm not going to be, I I don't need that. I'm I'm just not going to be like my mama. Baby, it don't work that way. You got to actually heal. You got to acknowledge what happened to you. You really do. And you'll be in good company because it's worth it. It's going to be so good. Y'all, I promise it's going to be so good. Listen, the sun is setting. We're going to check into our hotel for the night. Here on the island. We're going to stay here for a little bit. You know, we're going to catch up. We're going to let y'all go. We're going to say thank you. And again, I just want to say a huge thank you to all of our season one listeners. This is our little bonus episode. I let the prize for you. Back with the amazing Rock Alon. Thank you to all of our season one listeners. Season two, we have officially decided, will be released in the fall slash winter. 
So get ready for that. We are super excited. Again, we're going to have loads of special guests. It will be a longer season. We'll have so much prepared for you guys. And this one will actually come with a visual. So we'll be excited for that. So many amazing things are happening. Keep up with us at morethanmentalproject.com, at morethanmentalproject on Instagram, Facebook. Also follow Raw at Raw Kalon. Go ahead and spell it out for him one more time. R-A-H-K-A-L-O-N on Instagram and rawkalon.com. Come on. It's super easy, y'all. And like I said, we'll tag her. She'll be in our link. Get your tickets, get your friends, get your family, and get your healing on. You guys, thank you for everything. Thank you for being a part of our community, and we want to create bigger communities. Keep up with us. We love you. We cherish you. You are beautiful, and you are loved. And we will see you in the fall on the island. Peace out.